Hello, my name is Reagan Gilliland, pastor of adult discipleship here at Christ United, and we're delighted that you're joining us for week two of our Lent series, Promises, Promises. Last week, Chris kicked off our series with the covenant found in the story of Noah. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that if you haven't had a chance to. But today we are talking about the covenant with Abraham. So I have a question for you this morning. Have you ever heard something that made you laugh out loud because you were in disbelief? Like you hear the words or you see something happening, but it just isn't computing. Let me give you some examples. Maybe the first time you, um, you had a crush and they actually confessed that they liked you back or they asked you out. Like you're standing there and you're hearing the words, and even though you have wished for this moment, you don't understand why this person actually likes you back. Or reading your name on a cast list. I remember this like it was yesterday. Looking at a cast list and reading, finding my name, going across and hoping that I got the part that I wanted. Or maybe you're getting an, you got an acceptance letter from the college that you wanted, and you see your name, and you see congratulations. I don't even know if they still send college letters. I don't know if they send you a text or a TikTok to let you know that you made it into school. I don't know how they do it now. Or maybe you've been at the doctor getting a sonogram, and instead of one heartbeat, you see two heartbeats, and you think, uh, I don't know how this is possible. We don't have twins in the family. Or maybe getting the call that you got the job that you thought, there's no way I'm qualified for this. We all have these moments in our lives where we're shaking our heads, yes, and it looks like we believe it, but we're having a really hard time believing that it's actually real. And even after maybe you fall in love with that crush, maybe you marry them, or you're singing the big solo in that show, or you're graduating from that college with honors, you're holding the two babies, or you're sitting in that corner office, you probably still have moments of laughter of, can this really be true? Today, as we read Genesis 17, we too will see that Abraham had some laughter and the disbelief of the promises of God. Let's read Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I'm God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now this is chapter 17, but we know that kind of the journey for Abraham and Sarah started 
in chapter 12. At that time, they're Abram and Sarai. So this original call on Abram found in chapter 12, um, Abram, Abram was 75 years old. And that particular call, um, Abram and Sarah are called to leave Haran, their home, for a chance that Abram will be blessed, that his family, which he's childless at the time, will become this great nation and his name will be great. And Abram and Sarai journey for quite a long time as they're heading to Canaan. Now, if you go back to chapter 12, um, you read that Abram and Sarai go to a place called Shechem, to the Oak of Morah. He Abram built altars. He moves to the hill country on the east side of Bethel, not Texas hill country, although I know many of you think that Texas is God's country, separate place. He builds another altar, and then they journey toward Negev, which is the southern part of Israel. And then there's a famine, and they go down to Egypt. And Egypt is not the best moment for Abram, but you can read that on your own time. But all to say, it's been kind of a roller coaster. It's been a journey for these two, and that all happens in chapter 12. And then more things happen. So you can read chapter 13 and 14 for even more adventures of Abram and Sarai. Then we get to chapter 15, and, and this is where we see this covenant spoken about again a little bit, where God tells Abram, no, one of your very own, your own heir will um, you will have one. Your heir doesn't have to be Eliezer of Damascus, which I'm sure when uh, Eliezer got that uh, news, he was like, man, I was really counting on that. So with all this news, you know, a Abram has had to pick up and leave the home that he's, he's loved. He's believing that he's going to have an heir, and it all becomes kind of a lot it probably is confusing. There's probably moments of doubt. And he keeps looking around and he thinks, I still don't have a child of my own. So how can I have an heir that is my own? Now in chapter 15, there's a really big emphasis on land, which we don't maybe quite understand. I, I don't own land myself. I don't know a lot of people that just own land. And of course, we probably understand that land is expensive. If you've built a house recently, or you've looked to acquire some sort of property, you know that it's quite expensive here in North Texas. But back then in the Bible, I mean, land was really kind of everything. Everything kind of revolved around land, your livestock, if you had food, how you could provide. And Abram and Sarai had been wonders for a while. They really didn't have a place to call their own, a permanent place. And so when God keeps talking about establishing this nation and having um, an Abram, these were, or having an heir, these were great promises. These were great um, avenues of hope for these two. But now we're in chapter 17, and Abram is 99, 99 years old. And the first reveal of this promise was given in chapter 12. 24 years have passed. Oh, and I guess I should also mention that Abram had a son with Sarai's slave, Hagar. That son is Ishmael, which that's kind of a whole other sermon. But here in chapter 17, we see that the Lord has appeared and is speaking again to Abram. 
we read that God tells Abram to walk before me, which is this reminder to Abram to be faithful. It also talks about being blameless. Now, to this point, Abram hasn't done great all the time. He is certainly messed up. And, you know, God gave this covenant, um, this promise. He started to, to let him in on the, on the secret, if you will, in chapter 12. And then all these things happened. Again, Abram didn't have a lot of glowing moments. And yet we have God here again in chapter 17 saying, I have a promise. I have a covenant that I want to establish with you, Abram. Now, if I were God, I probably would have revoked that promise. Clearly, you can't trust Abram. Clearly, you have it all figured out. You want to take it in your own hands. And yet, God doesn't do this. God reminds Abram, look, you are going to be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. So this covenant seems to be growing. And this covenant that was between Abram and God um, expands to a lot of people. There's a lot of beneficiaries from it. In fact, it says exceedingly numerous. So I read that and I think, gosh, God has always been a God for all people. God is wanting to expand this covenant and include as many people. Again, Abram is just kind of curious. He's a little confused. He's probably dealing with doubt. How is this going to come together? And he, we read that he falls on his face, whether it's an act of submission or just... Uh, I'm having a hard time believing this. We don't know. But I kind of feel for Abram because he probably thinks, gosh, I've waited so long, God. I've waited so long. I want to believe this, but this is really hard. And then comes the name change for Abram to Abraham. Now, Abram means exalted father, while Abraham means father of a multitude. And so this name change was kind of to set forth a new vision, a new chapter for this person. And as a reader, I think, okay, I'm ready for this next chapter. I'm ready to see how this all comes together. And I know this seems kind of redundant. If if you read 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, you're like, okay, we get it. I want to know how this all comes together. But Abram continues to wait. He has doubts. He probably is thinking about all the things he did wrong up to this point. But the fact that God did not move on to someone new, that he's keeping, um, that God is keeping his promise to Abraham is pretty incredible. In this moment, I think, goodness, God is really faithful to us. This level of faithfulness and love toward us, because we're Abraham. <laughs> we're the people that aren't patient we're control freaks. We don't get the green light, and yet we still speed ahead. We don't take time to sit and listen. We don't always trust, and yet God is always keeping promises to us. So how does the story end? How does the story continue? Let's read, uh, still in chapter 17, verses 15 through 16. God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. 
kings of peoples shall come from her. Moreover, I will give you a son by her. I love that. Sarah gets blessed. She gets to bring forth this new nation. It's through her that the kings of people shall come. Ladies, the women of the Bible, continually are the ones that make things happen. I love that Sarah is such a significant part of this story. She is the reason that this covenant really becomes a reality. We'll talk much more about her in our series in this summer as we look at Abraham and Sarah a little bit further. Then right after this is when Abraham laughs. I don't know about you, but I kind of forgot that Abraham laughed. I always think about Sarah. She laughs when she gets this news. But it is pretty absurd. Abraham is 100. Sarah is 90. You know, I'm 36, and I get pretty tired chasing my kids around. I can't imagine signing up to be a parent for the first time at the age of 90. I just love how Abraham still has such a hard time believing it because it just seems so impossible. But that they are going to have a kid together finally after all this time. That's a lot. And I probably would have laughed too. I bet many of us would have. And we know that it it comes to be true. We know that um, Isaac is that son, and is born later. Canaan, where they were, is getting established. And Abraham starts to see everything kind of start to come together. But when I think about this whole story, I think, what does this covenant mean for me or or for you? Now, it's obvious, you know, Abraham is a father in our faith. But there's a lot more to this. I mentioned earlier about the importance of land for wealth and livelihood, but there's another element to the importance of land. When you had a home, when you had a country, when you were an established nation, others thought, oh man, God has favor, or God looks upon them. They must have something um, to be respected and looked upon. But if you're in exile and had no ownership, others started to think, huh, maybe there's something wrong with those people. But God gives this promise um, to Abram before he even has a place established, before this nation is established. And so when I read that and I think, oh my gosh, it doesn't matter what we have or who we are. God still gives promises and establishes things to, to anyone. We don't have to prove ourselves, even if we're in exile or have no place to call our home or if we're wandering, God still wants to claim us. There's also a part a little bit later where Ishmael, where God promises to bless Ishmael as well. And so I think, okay, God gave the covenant to Abram who had no place, no home. God still claims those in exile, gives a promise to Ishmael, doesn't leave him out. And I think, goodness, God has this ever expansive love and this commitment to us this covenant and promise to all these descendants for all of time to reach out to people, those in exile, those on the outside, those that mess up, those that we think aren't deserving. It's pretty radical. 
And that covenant still remains today. We didn't lose it. If anything, we see that this covenant continues to expand. It becomes greater. Lastly, this covenant was really given before anything happened. Yes, God asked Abram to leave his country, which is no small thing. But God spoke words of what would happen before Abram actually followed through with anything. With Noah last week, Chris talked about how this covenant was given without condition. There was no long list of laws, or you need to do this, Noah, or you have to have this, otherwise I won't give it. This covenant is grace. It was grace to Noah. It was grace to Abraham, really. I love um, that this promise is given before anything really happens, and that's often how God works. God promises before we even say yes or do anything to earn it. In a world that says, prove to me that you're worthy, or do this first before you get anything, it's, I don't know, <laughs> it's a great act of love, it's a great act of grace, it's, I don't know, it's pretty incredible that God doesn't ask us to prove ourselves, we're already worthy. It reminds me of one of my favorite lines in our communion liturgy, Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. Even in our wandering, our straight-up abandoning God or disobedience, this covenant was given to us. This great love continues to be here for us. This great covenant still stands. God chooses us. God remembers this covenant. God remembers us. When I think about all of this, it can make you laugh. <laughs> Makes me laugh because it's absurd. I can't believe it. But after this laughter, I hope you, and for myself, I hope that we choose to believe it and that we live into this covenant that was so freely given to us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.